and welcome to the Post Party Project. My name is Amy Heinrich and I am your host. Join me as we chat all things postpartum, celebrating the highs and supporting you through the lows. Everything pregnancy and birth is just such an exciting time, but often chats about postpartum experiences get missed or overlooked because everything's about the baby, which we are also totally here for. But I'm here to hear you and hold you, figuratively speaking, and to listen to your experience. Think of this podcast as your safe space to share, vent, cry, laugh, and know that you're not alone. Now, let's get into it. Hello, welcome back to the Post Party Project. Um, I don't know why I always feel the urge to sing that last word. (laughs) Sorry, I'm so sorry if I've offended anyone's ear ear holes with that one. Um, In today's episode, I speak with Amber. Amber had a water birth here at the birth center in Perth. She speaks about how amazing it was to be in water and to birth in water. Although it's actually pretty funny because at the start of the episode, she said that it was the one thing she did not want to do. (laughs) So her and her partner said they thought it would be really gross sitting in water after you'd birthed Um, but she after doing it said she absolutely loved it and would recommend it to anyone (laughs) her birth was really positive and straightforward and she had a really great experience she speaks of the exhaustion she felt immediately postpartum and the struggles of only having a small family support network here in Perth as a lot of her family live interstate and it was during the COVID lockdowns where no one could get into WA I hope you enjoyed today's episode and listening to Amber's experience. If you are enjoying the Post Party Project, make sure you click subscribe or follow on your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. I'd also love it if you have a moment to leave me a quick review on Apple iTunes um, if you're enjoying the show. Now let's get into today's chat. Awesome. Thank you for joining me today, Amber. I'm so excited to hear your pregnancy and birth and postpartum story. So yeah, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. So yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and who's in your family. Um, so I'm 28 years old. Um, my immediate family would just be my fiance, Martin. Um, you might hear me refer to him as Tomo, that's his nickname. Um, and then we've got Gracie and she is almost 14 months old. Um, and then we've got our big dog, Frank, um, and that's our main family. And then obviously we've got mum, dad and everybody. Um, my parents are, well, my mum is over east, she's in Queensland. And then we've got Martin's mum who lives here. Um, and my dad lives here in Manda as well. So we've a little bit split family. Awesome. Um, what else about me? Um, nothing else too interesting. I'm just a, I'm just a mum now. <laughs> oh, that's now. interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what do you do day to day? You're, you're a stay-at-home um, mum or you're working at the moment? Uh, I do two days of work. So I work Mondays from home and then I work um, in the office on Thursdays. So I work for Dale Elcock Homes, which is a builder. Um, I previously did, like, the pre-start, so um, did all the client selections. But now I'm just doing all of the building queries. So all the fun stuff in the market that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, just doing a bit of admin work there. So it's really good. My work is amazing. They're super flexible. So uh, it's been a really easy transition back into work. Yeah. How long did you have off? Um, I had off, uh, well, I, I actually didn't even want to return. I just thought latte my life forever. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I just got offered, they asked me to come back just one day whenever I wanted. Like, so I was doing one day a month. 
Um, and that was about when Gracie was like nine and a half months old. So she was, it was really quick. And then I did that for a little bit. And then, um, yeah, we, well, we we're getting married in November. So we thought we better start paying for a wedding. So I started doing the two days in, I think that was just about 11 months Gracie was. Mm-hmm. So that was our proper work after that. Oh, awesome. Um, and so how did you guys go into pregnancy? Did you plan to have Gracie when you did or how did that come um, about? Yeah, so well, yes and no. So I um, I have PCOS, so I had quite a few struggles leading up. Um, so my, what had happened was the previous year, so I think in 2019, I had a laparoscopy, I can never say that word, and a hystoscopy because I was having a lot of issues with like um, – and like pains and um, irregular periods and just everything under the sun. Um, and I've always been like allergic to allergic. That's a terrible word to use. Um, I would have really bad like reactions to the normal pills. So I was on a progesterone only one. Um, and then, yeah, so I had this surgery in 2019 because I just wasn't feeling great. Um, and after that, we started to do like the day two testing to figure out what was going on because I didn't, when I went under, they found that I had a cyst, but they didn't find that I had endometriosis, which is what they were suggesting I may have had. So they were thinking what else is happening. Um, And so I did day two testing for, I think maybe three or four months. And it was showing that I wasn't ovulating at all for the months that was. So we got a bit of a scare to say that we might not be able to conceive. So that was, we weren't engaged or anything at that time, but we started to think, oh, this might be a long journey. So after that, I think that was, that was around May or so, we were told um, when you do come to want to conceive, you will have to take Clomid, which I'm not too sure if you're familiar with. Mm. Um, it's a um, drug that you take um, and it will help you to release eggs. So you'll ovulate and then you'll release an egg. But the downfall of that is you could release multiple eggs and have like quadruplets. Can you imagine? Oh <laughs> so we were just in our house thinking, holy shit, we're not doing that. So we just thought let's let's just see what happens. So I'd been off the pill at that stage for maybe like two years or so. Um, and we just thought, we'll see what happens. And I changed my diet a little bit. I stopped eating gluten and dairy. I'm still on that train back on again for sure. But I just thought I'd try it. Um, and then, yeah, we, it was in September, we fell with, with Gracie. So we were so lucky. We didn't have to go through that whole journey, which is absolutely amazing. And, yeah, we were, it was a surprise. I remember I called Martin doing the pregnancy, I just knew I was pregnant. Like I was in the in the grocery store and I thought, I reckon I'm pregnant. I just know it. And I took a test and I was and Martin was away and, yeah, he was like, shit, we didn't have that much practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we were so very grateful and it was like the best surprise. So it all it did happen quite quick but it was amazing. So mm. we're really lucky. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that was that was then also Martin thinks that we conceived because we were camping at the time. And um, then we had, has, have you ever had those, um, we were, got very drunk. That's what basically we reckon that why we conceived with Gracie is because we got so drunk. <laughs> um, cowboy shots. And he's like, that was it. The cowboy shots. <laughs> yeah. There's some health advice for anyone. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they're actually called um, quick fucks. Oh, yeah. If you can get those. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, you're pregnant yeah. apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you should have a little warning on the shot. <laughs> yeah. um, but yes and no, so we we're very lucky. So um, yes and no, and um, we were so happy that we got her then. 
Oh, that's so awesome. It's so great that you didn't have to stress too much about it. I know. Like I I was stressed. I was in my head thinking, January, I'm going to have to take this. And mm. I just yeah, worked out really well. Yeah. How did you go throughout pregnancy? Did you have any complications at all? Uh, I reckon I like a vomit a day for the first like 13 weeks. Oh, um, yeah. I was very nauseous. I lost a bit of weight in the first part. And then semester, like the trimester, like the second one was amazing. And then the third one, I was just heavy and um, my blood pressure would spike um, after like the, if I did a lot, then I would have like the first reading was high and then I would have to sit and rest for an hour and then have my second one that was fine. So I did have to leave work a little bit earlier, but nothing that nothing that was annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, yeah, a few vomits in the first part, uh, a few right, roadside stops. But mm-hmm. that, was, that was about it. I was pretty lucky. Yeah. Did you do much um, like planning going into birth or any research or how did you prepare um, yeah, we for that? Did, we did do the hypnobirthing um, course and I was very grateful that we did that because we basically had no idea. Like I just don't think we'd ever watched a birth video in our lives and then we just, I don't know, you just hear all these stories about, yeah, you just go there and, you know, you just push around and you're fine. And we, it was really eye-opening when we went to those. It was a two-day course and yeah it was a lot we're not very airy fairy so like all the relaxation and meditation music we were just like nah not us <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah all, the, all the affirmations and stuff just not us so mm. but the the breathing and like the way that they tell you that your body can birth your baby that is so true so it was just a really nice um way to just back yourself I guess so yeah well, after we did that we were pretty good the only things we didn't want to do um, after I had that surgery previously, that gynae surgery, I had a bad reaction coming off of the um, medication and I have always had pretty bad reactions coming off medication. So I was like vomiting quite a lot after. So when we were pregnant, I said I really wanted to have an unmedicated birth because I just always have like migraines or I'm um, like vomiting or sick and I just didn't want to do that having a newborn. So that was our number one thing and everything else we didn't care for. We just thought whatever happens, happens. Um, let's just try as far as we can to not have any drugs and see what happens. Yeah. And Did you feel like nervous at all? Like, or were you just kind of like taking everyone's advice? Like she'll just come out. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah, oh, I was, I was excited. Hey, like I was one of those weird ones. Like I was just, every time I'd have a little feeling coming up, I'm like, this is it. Yay. Like I was so excited. Um, and then I did get nervous to a point where I was like, I don't want it to, I didn't want to be steamrolled because you hear all these things about, and everyone pushes you for an induction when you go overdue. So I was really worried about getting steamrolled. And I think you're so vulnerable when you're pregnant, like in those late stages and being a first pregnancy, you really put so much trust into your medical professionals. So I was really worried about that. I had um, the MGP program. So that's a midwife program down here. So my midwife, I loved her, Christina. She was just such a lovely lady. So her view and her things that she would tell me were sometimes a lot different to my obstetrician. So I had a bit of conflict there, but I would just trust her and everything that she said. I was like, okay, she knows me. She we're on the same page to so just ask her. So I think I didn't feel nervous having her. That was that was what was good. Did you want to go into, did you like birth in a hospital or were you planning like a birth centre or how did so that? So we had planned to just um, have, we had planned to labour as long at home as we wanted, as we could. 
we didn't want a water birth because my partner and I thought they were absolutely gross. Like, we were like <laughs> all the bits and all the stuff. And yeah, we thought they were awful. So we were just like, that was our number one thing. We don't want that. <laughs> it's oh so funny. God. I hear so many people like, that's my, I want to have a water birth. You're like, that's the opposite of what I want. They're pool of their own blood. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. But um, so yeah, we didn't want to do that. And then, so we just thought we'd go to the hospital um, and we just wanted to be home as, as quick as we could. So that was that was where we wanted to have the baby. Um, we didn't really want to stay overnight or anything. We were just like, nah, this is, just want to get home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. So then when did you go into labour? Or like how did you go like approaching labour as well? Was everything still fine up until your due date? Yeah, everything, everything was good. We had one little scare, I think it was like 36 weeks or something when um, uh, the midwife had come over. So like she would come to my house. So she had come over and she just did like the um, manual scan with the tape measure and she scared me and said, oh, we got to go up to the hospital because I don't think that Gracie's measured. Well, I didn't know Gracie at that time, but she didn't know if the baby had um, gotten bigger since our last check. So we had a bit of a scare there. So we had an anatomy scare scan at 36 weeks and, yeah, she was huge. So they were like, oh, no, she's fine. She's got a 40-week head and we're like, I was like, oh, fuck. So we were, she was fine, but that was our only real scare and then everything else was all good. We went overdue um so we didn't have to we were pretty fine and then what happened was I had uh, must have been I, I must have we did once we went overdue like I was trying everything under the sun to get her out and I hadn't lost my mucus plug yet that I knew of and I hadn't really had any like didn't have any Braxton Hicks or any like like ninglings or anything so I was like oh, she's basically stuck we went four wheel driving we did everything like to get her out um and then, yeah, I was, I think it was the Thursday I went in to the doctor because it was my due date, um, which is the 17th of June. And she said to me, we can book in for an induction because she's really large. I think that anatomy scan at 36 weeks was actually a downfall for us because you don't usually have one then. But since she was measuring two weeks ahead at that stage, my obstetrician was like, we can't really let you go overdue. And I was like, so when I went into that appointment, they booked me in for an induction on the 23rd of June and I come back home and I was upset because I didn't want that. Mm. And I called my midwife and so she's so lovely. She called and cancelled it and she said, <laughs> you're not going, don't worry. So I was like, okay, that was nice. So I had a stretch and sweep though when I was there with my doctor. Holy hell, have you had one of those? No, what is it? Talk us, talk me oh, through that. Wow, don't get them. Yeah. Is, it, is it recommended or was it um, like? Fair? I think it was just because I didn't want any drug type of intervention. So I didn't want a, um, I didn't want to be induced. And it was kind of like a, a thing hanging over my head. Like if you don't start things, you might end up with that chemical induction. So I, a stretch and sweep is basically where they, it's like a pap smear, but they go up into your cervix and then they just like sweep around. Um, I think they just like opening it up to get it all moving. Yeah. But God, it is, it's, yeah, it's not fun. It's going up there with a whole fist um, in the middle of the day. Just yeah. And you've no got not much space, I guess, either because you've got a full baby in there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very painful. And then the bleeding and you have cramping after. Mm. So I didn't love that. That was, that was really painful. I actually think now that way have been the most painful part of my whole labor was wow. a stretch and sweep. And then I had two. So I had that first one. And when I had that one on the Thursday, the lady said, well, my doctor, Tara, she said, um, you are actually two centimetres dilated and you're, you have bulging forewaters. So she said, I would be surprised if you don't go into labour within 48 hours. 
So I was like, yay. Then the Saturday come and I had an appointment with my midwife. So it was two days overdue or so. And she said, I'll give you another because um, nothing's happened and I just want to check what's going on. So I had another one with her and she was a lot better. It was gentler there. It wasn't as bad. But the same thing. She said, you're still two, maybe three. So go home. Um, and then at that stage, she said, we have to continue with your induction at the latest on the 23rd. She said, looking at all your times, we can't go any further. So I said, okay. And she said, just pray. I'm sure you're going to go into labor before then. So that was the Saturday. I had a bit of bleeding and a bit of cramping, which I didn't know if that was from the stretch and sweep or if that was because of labor. I don't really know. But we had textbook um, going into labor. I was laying in my bed. It was 5 a.m. on the Monday. I had like these four contractions. I was trying to see if there was a pattern. And then I thought, I'm going to piss my pants. Like, mm. I laying in bed and I thought, I'm going to wee. And I was like, so I literally ran out of my bedroom into the bathroom and then, yeah, waters broke on the bath mat. It was a gush. I was like, oh, that was, that's my water's clear. So I called my midwife. Well, actually, you know, it was really nice. I waited to 8 a.m. to call my midwife because I thought, it's a bit early on a Sunday. Um, and, yeah, so I called her and she said, what were your waters like? And I said, they were clear. She said, just labour at home for as long as you're comfortable with and then call me when you have three in ten contractions, three contractions in ten minutes. And I thought, okay. So I just I did that. Then afterwards, that's when I noticed a little bit of, like, um, a mucus plug come out. And, yeah, it was it was manageable at home. We were just hanging around, just listening to music. I had my I had a TENS machine which is um, just for like back pain because Gracie was posterior, so spine to spine. So we had tried to move her leading up, but she was not bunting. She was huge. So we just thought uh, this is going to be a back labour, and it was. I had so much pain in my back the whole time. It's my dishwasher, sorry. Oh, that's okay. I was like, is that my like fire alarm or no, something? No, my um, life. We'll have like, you will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, she was. So we just did that for as long as we could and it started to get quite intense um and we were timing them and yeah we got to three in 10 minutes um and I called Christina my midwife and then she said call me back when you can't talk through them and I thought oh god this lady I was getting annoyed at her then I was like just gonna come up <laughs> um so I let that up to Tomo she said I don't even want you to call me I want Martin to call me so I was like, okay so we continued for I think it was like an hour or so more and they got so intense. I thought, yep, let's go. So we packed it all up and that was four o'clock in the afternoon. So we'd gone for about 12 hours there. We were going into the hospital and um, I thought I was going to have her in the hallway. Hey, I was <laughs> like so intense. It was so quick. I think I had 30 seconds break. Um, but I was determined. Like, Do you want a wheelchair? I was like, nah, I don't want a wheelchair. I can walk. So I was walking in. <laughs> screaming <laughs> uh, and then um, we got there and then all the birth suites were full so I was like oh no I'm gonna have her literally in the hallway <laughs> yeah did you feel and stressed then, like how did I, you nah, I did not okay. we were just having so many jokes like we were, oh. it was a really good atmosphere I think yeah it was really fun we were just joking around about having a hallway baby or a baby in the car park like we were going to be on the news or something so now nah, we were fine um and then Christina let us come in while she was just cleaning up the room and so we sat on the lounge so the birth suites have a beautiful bed they've got like a shower bathroom and they've got like a lounge area and tea and coffee first thing that Martin did was just go in there put his um speaker on so we had music and yeah we just hung out in there and then the birth suite was ready so 
my main thing was I didn't really want interventions or anything. I didn't really want to be checked either that much. I think that was because the stretch and sweep was just like horrific for me. So um, we had the one check and I thought we must be like eight to 10. It was, I was only four centimetres and I thought I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, no. No. I was like if this is just four centimetres, we are fucked. <laughs> were, you re- were you rethinking drugs at this point or were you yeah, like, that, okay. that was, And the yeah. best thing I think with Christina was it wasn't even an offer. Like I had really drilled her before. Like I don't, I said I knew that I'd be so vulnerable don't offer me anything. Um, and I said, always go through Martin. I said, whatever you like, whatever you say, or whatever you're going to ask me, ask Martin too, because he knew exactly what I wanted. So now nah, it wasn't even a question. So she was really nice because I don't know if they give you the birth suites when you're that. I think they usually push you back into the waiting room to be like, or go home. But she was nice because she said, I can see how intense and quick they're together. So maybe we'll just check and see what's going on. So yeah, checked four centimeters and she said, maybe five, but. But, and I just thought, oh, well, we've got time. So we just hung out. And she just said, um, I felt like I must have gone back. You know how you that can happen in labour? So I was like really, really intense. And then I kind of slowed back and they got further apart. So we just hung out. I was over the fit ball. They were intense. I just was breathing through them. And with posterior, every time that we had a contraction, we were um, had a leg up on in the chair and squatting down into the contraction to try and move Gracie at the same time. So that was a ball of fun. Um, and then they got quite intense um, and we were just, yeah, doing the norm. Martin was just eating all my food and just <laughs> having naps, just having the best time ever. <laughs> yeah. They're hanging out. Um, and then I was in the shower quite a lot as well and on the toilet. Like the toilet was such a good space. Um and then we got to about 11 o'clock that night and I'd started to, my midwife said, oh, I've noticed a bit of a change in you, um, like, because I was on the side of the bed, like squatting down through my contractions. And she said, I noticed a little bit of a change. Like, you feel like every time you're coming down, you're wanting to push. And I said, I think I do. I, I'm not too sure. So she said, I'll check you again. So she checked me at that stage and she said, you're 10 centimetres, you're ready to go. Oh, and wow. I thought, oh, oh, shit, okay, like, that's great. So. We, I was pushing for like a long time there, maybe about 45 to an hour and nothing was happening and I was feeling a bit depleted because I was like, I didn't think, I felt like I was just pushing up against a brick wall. Like mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was right. So I said, I mentioned that and she said, let's check you again. Check me again. And she said, I'm so sorry, but you're only eight. You're not actually 10. You've got to stop pushing now. You'll, you'll damage yourself. And I thought, oh, I was like depleted I was like oh I am exhausted I need a yogurt I need (laughs) the mollies I need to like myself up and it'd been 18 hours then so they had to give me antibiotics as well so we had um I was was hanging out on the bed they actually kicked everyone out at that stage I was like everyone just go away in a nice way um give me a minute and I got in the shower got back in the game had a had something to eat um because had had a five cannulas because the antibiotics didn't want to go in so I had a cannula in every arm and then I ended up having it in my forearm and then I they flooded my IV (laughs) on stage two because the antibiotics just didn't want to come in they bulged on my arm so got that out all laboring so I was like that was the only part where I just thought I was starting to doubt like I can't do this um so yeah kicked him out had a shower got back into it and then Christina was like do you want to let's just check you and see if everything's okay if you haven't done any damage because we're pushing for so long 
and if there's any more waters to break. So we went in, had a check, and, yeah, I had a bit of, like, she had back waters or whatever the term is. So she broke them, and that was a gush. Like, there was, like no one tells you how much fluid comes out of your body. Like, we just had puppy pads, like, running around all day. It was, like, I needed a mop bucket following me. Like, there was so much fluid Whoa. coming out. And there was still more. There was so much more. Like, it was, like, a good five litres just, yeah, coming out. So we had that, and then it intensified a lot after that point. And then we got to about 12 o'clock and another midwife. So um, my obstetrician had done 24 hours or whatever on her shift. So she had left. And then my midwife, Christina, she was like, I'm ready for my shift change too, but I'm going to stay for you. But I'm not, I think they're not legally allowed. Or so she said, you're going to get a third midwife. So um, we had a third midwife come in and Christina was just hanging out. She was amazing. She was just cuddling me. Was, she was so nice. Um, and then the other lady come in, she said, how about you get in the bath? <laughs> and I was like, I'll try anything at this point. Like I was like, yep, sure, let's do it. So she got the bath ready and Christina's laughing in the corner because she was like, I thought you thought it was gross, Amber. And I was like, I did. It is gross, but I won't have in the bath. I'll just sit in the bath. So we got in the bath um, and then that was like heaven. As soon as I sat in the bath, my back pain was like subsiding because it was just all like fire in my back was it was so uncomfortable so I was in there and I think that's where I started transition in the bath Mm. meanwhile it wasn't that warm like you can't have it above what 35 because the baby's body temp and we're in the middle of winter so it was kind of like freezing but great yeah (laughs) (laughs) I kept saying warm it up and she's like no you'll you'll cook the baby okay I'll just breathe (laughs) So, yeah, we were in there and then, yeah, something changed. I got so, I was such a lovely person during labour and then the transition, I could have murdered everybody in that room. Like, <laughs> I was at people. Like, oh, my God. I felt so mean, but I was just, they were kept, they kept telling me that I was transitioning, but I was just thinking that they were just telling me that. So, um I even got to a point where I was like, someone give me a knife. Like, I will cut her out. Right oh, my God. No listening to me. I need, I need something. And so that's when they thought, okay, if you want something, it will come. And so they come over and they gave me the gas. So she come over with the gas. And I, of course, was so mean to her. I feel so bad. I had to pull it I just whacked it out. And I was like, I don't want this. I've come this oh far. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up having that. And also because when they're like, oh, you've got to suck in and you have to take a deep breath. And I was like, I need to breathe myself. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't end up doing that. Um, and then I'd said to them, I feel something's going on. I think she's coming. And they said, for that to happen, we've got to get you out of the bath, go into the birthing suite, check you, and then come back. And I was just stubborn. I was like, I'm not getting out of this bath. Like, I'm, I'm here. So they said, oh, well, you just trust yourself, like, um, and see what happens. So I was in the bath for, I don't know, like, I think 12 o'clock we got in. Um, and we were in there maybe for about an hour. And then I started to transition and I started to feel um, like, I definitely changed in my breathing. I was screaming really, really loud, like poor other mothers in that suite. Mm-hmm. If it was 2 a.m., I was screaming. <laughs> um, and then uh, there's another lady that was there and she said, try to breathe down. So that was where the hypnobirthing had come in and said, like, bear down and, like, you're like, breathing out and you're really silent. Um, and so I was doing that and that was definitely helping. I could feel something was happening. 
Um, and I said to them, I, if I don't get out of the bath, how do I know she's coming? So they said, go and have a feel. So I went and had a feel and um, Grace, I could feel, I was like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I could feel hair. And they said, that's a head. And I was like, oh, there you go. So, so cool. it, it was very, it was very cool. Um, and then, yeah, we we're trying to get her out. She was posterior. So she was just not budging. And then the ring of fire. So I'd swapped positions in the bath. Like most of the time in the bath, I was like on all fours and kind of rocking back and forth. And then I'd swapped um, now to like the bath lengthways. I was flipped. So I was in the short um, section of the bath and I had each midwife with one leg in each hand. And then Martin was behind me and he was just holding me up um, under my arms. Um, so that was for like ages, almost an hour and a half he was in that position. And then we, she said to me, got to keep pushing. You're too short in your breath. So I was pushing and then we got to a point where I was like, it's burning. And she said, that's a ring of fire, like that's the head. Mm-hmm. And so she said, if it's burning so much, you can assist. So I put my hands down and then I um, provided pressure so that I could help with that. And so, yeah, got her out um, and her head come out in one breath, which is amazing. But we were stuck because usually when they're posterior, they kind of turn out. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, usually when they're anterior, they'll turn out and they kind of come out. But uh, she was stuck, a hand on head. So they said, oh, next one, you've got to get her out. Um, and I thought, oh, I can't. So they said, you can leave her there for a little bit. So we had 15 minutes out of head out and I was trying to just catch some breath and see if I could get her out. Um, and they were doing her checks and they said, oh, the next one, you have to get her out. She's getting a little bit distressed. So I, I was like, all right, I can. And the other midwife said to me, you can pull her out if you want. So I literally just went down, got in there and pulled her out. And that was amazing. I was like, I'm not going to be able to push that. I'll pull her. Oh, so that's you, so cool. Yeah. So was it like, out. did you feel a contraction and then you pulled, like guided yeah, her out? Yeah, so she said, push with your contraction. And um, and, she, and I said, it just felt like I was stuck again. Like, And then, so she said, push with the contraction, breathe with that. And then I, well, her head was down. She had a hand on head. So I could have a bit of her hand um, and then, yeah, just grabbed her through her neck and pulled her out. Oh and then God. it was amazing. That's and so it cool. was bloody and gross in that damn bath, but I did not care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then one, when they're coming out of the water birth, um, I didn't know this um, at all, but they're blue and they don't take their first breath until like, they're out of the water. So um, she was a bit cold and it was, we had blankets and it took a few seconds for her to have a cry. But um, once she did it, she was fine. So that was, that was really nice. Mm. Um, actually, when we were back to this, sorry, circle back, when we were in that hypnobirthing class, we, our first day there was a, a water birth and the lady had the head out of the baby for 15 minutes or so. And Martin and I went home and thought, that baby had gills, like, no idea. <laughs> that baby was breathing underwater. And then the next week when we were back in there, I had to ask. I said, how did that baby breathe? And they told me through the umbilical cord. And I thought, oh, I had no idea whatsoever. So with Gracie, when her head was out, I was like, I know this. <laughs> yeah, I think that that would, that would stress a lot of people out, like unless yeah. you don't know it, because I think I that's why a lot of people are scared of water birth as well, yeah. because it's like, no yeah. That's all I have now is only water births. Like, I don't oh, that's all, so good. Totally yeah. Change into it. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, I yeah. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask if you if you had a second if you do that now, like <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So once we had um Gracie out, we you can't give birth to your placenta in the water. Um, I think maybe because they've got to monitor your blood loss. 
Um, I'm not too sure what the reason is, but so we had a little bit of a cuddle in the bath. Um, we got out and then I was, I had lost a bit of blood at that stage. So they said I would have to monitor that. So they're kind of like, it's weird. I felt like it was a little makeshift little chair. They kind of had like a bean bag on the bathroom floor and I'd been placed up in that um, and Gracie was still attached to my, me, like um, we hadn't cut the cord yet. We had asked for optimal cord cutting, so we were waiting for the cord to go white. So I think we got that. I think we got a little bit more than that. Like it was, we definitely, it was definitely white by the time we had cut her. Um, so Martin had cut her. He tried to give her back to me. I was exhausted at that point. So I was like trying to be present. I thought I'm a very emotional person. I thought that I would have been like really beside myself emotional, but I was so clear and I was so happy, but I just was so exhausted. (laughs) So, and my placenta wasn't coming. So I had to have the injection. We had waited like 45 minutes or so and it still wasn't coming. So I had the injection and it still wasn't coming. So Gracie had had skin to skin with Martin and they said to me, if your placenta doesn't come out shortly, we're going to have to take you in for surgery. And I thought, oh, I've done all that. I don't want to do surgery now. So I said to them, just give me a bit. Let me calm down. I'll try and give birth to it on the toilet because that's a thing apparently. So we tried that, did it all. And then they said, oh, it's still not coming. So we'll have to get you back to the birthing suite. So here I am with my umbilical cord hanging out like an octopus, <laughs> walking down naked in the Bunbury Regional Hospital, like fully naked with this umbilical cord hanging out at 2 a.m. And I thought, the ladies, I was like, can I have like, I don't know, a chair or a towel, like something to like, get back to my tentacles hanging out? So, <laughs> so you finally got back there, no dignity, like just going out the door at this stage. Um, so finally got back onto the um, the table and the one of the other midwives come in, the student midwife, and she just said, just give her Gracie the best breastfeed, like it'll contract um, it out. And, yeah, straight away, like Gracie lapsed perfectly. It was so great. And, um, yeah, I started to contract again and then they pushed out and, yeah, I gave birth to my placenta within a few minutes after that. So it was really good. I was like, oh, should have done that from the beginning. Oh, that's so good. So you didn't need to, yeah, didn't need any further medication or anything. Didn't need anything else. Um, then then they started to say he hadn't weed. My bladder was really full, so I had to wee within an hour. Um, and that didn't happen either. So I just I kept asking them, just give me an hour. I can do it. Just let me calm down. Cause you know, you know what it's like. You have so much adrenaline running through mm. your body, like you have so many shakes, you've got you're just like on a high. So you can't even do normal bodily functions. You just yeah. Um, so I said, give me an hour. I'll get it done. Let me just walk around for a bit. So um, did that. And then uh, my doctor, well, actually not my doctor, Dr. Gad had come in to give me some stitches because from Gracie's hand coming down, I had a secondary internal tear. Mm-hmm. So he come in, gave me some stitches and um, yeah, Gracie was great. She was feeding. She'd done her first poo. We were like, she was doing amazingly. She was kicking goals. So we actually being discharged so they were said oh you guys can go home as soon as you want um so that was we had her at 2 15 in the morning and we were back in our suite I think by 3 30 or 4 and then we were just waiting until 6 to go home so we were mm. went home straight after that so it was really good wow that's awesome so um yeah did you have any other complications like besides the stitches no, no absolutely nothing no no 
nothing at all. Like we were just, it was just that second degree tear and mm. um, that was it. We, she was feeding perfectly. It was, it we honestly was, she was such a miracle little baby. Like nothing was wrong mm. with her and it was nothing wrong with, wrong with us. It was so good. Mm. It was just, as soon as she was out, um, that was like everything subsided after that. We didn't have any issues. Oh, that's so good. How did you um, feel when you got home? Um, I felt like I was on like a four or five day bender. Like, <laughs> yeah. which is just like, this is why people stay in the hospital and have a sleep because they need the sleep. The funniest part was we'd finished, um, got back to our birthing suite and they'd said, oh, we can be just discharged soon. We just had to wait for the papers for the midwives to come in. So while we're sitting there, my partner was like, oh, I'm so tired, babe. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, okay, why? What's going on? He said, well, when you're in the bath, <laughs> I was holding you up for like two hours in the bath and my back is killing me. And I was like, your back's hurting. had to sleep in the bed. And then I just sat on the, the armchair with Gracie. Yeah. This guy's having the best nap of his life after his big ordeal. And uh, so after that, we got home. And then the same thing, I was just like, we had Martin's mum come over. She met us in the driveway. So we had no break. Um, so I was exhausted. Like I was mm. so tired. Um, and then I just feel like that just continues on until like now we just continue on being exhausted. <laughs> You're like, I haven't slept since that day. <laughs> the day before. I yeah. have eight hours sleep. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. Cause I feel like people go either way. They either want to yeah. spend like a whole week in the hospital or they want to come straight, straight home. <laughs> like yeah. I personally, I thought I wanted to come straight home, but because I had a C-section, I ended mm. up staying for a week and I like loved staying there for a week. Cause I loved having people like cook for me and like look after me. Oh. Um, so oh, how did it so yeah, nice. how did it feel just being kicked back into your life, I guess? Oh, it was it was well, I really missed my mum at that stage. So we were it was oh, my baby just woke. I don't oh. know she might be okay. Sometimes she does that. Um, like that 30 minutes into a nap. Yeah. But in the shed, he'll come back. Um, yeah, so I did miss my mum at that stage. We got um two years I hadn't seen her. It was COVID. I she couldn't come to my baby shower. We couldn't, she couldn't come to the birth. Um, so I really missed her. And then, so the support network here wasn't very big for me. I only had my partner who was amazing. Um, just come to see Gracie. Um, and then we had his mum here as well. Um, and so she just popped in every few days or whichever. Um, my main support network was my best friends. Like we had, um, I've got, two or three of my really good friends who have babies in the same year so them having babies they just knew what it was like so I had food deliveries all the time and I had that person to text to say is this normal or like whichever my sister um she also lives over she wasn't able to come over either same scenario um but she has a little boy so we would just text all the time and, and FaceTime and do whatever. But that physical support where I think you definitely need that, I didn't have that as much, which really was hard. Mm. But, um, yeah, emotionally support, I was, it was all good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's just, just such a hard time throughout COVID and stuff as well, because it's like, what can you really do? And like, I think like what you said, when you've had a baby, having friends who've had babies, they know kind of what you need. So yeah. now whenever any of my friends get pregnant, I'm like, okay, we all need to like make you meals and like do all I the know. things. Like, Why does it like people that don't have kids just think that they want, they think they're helping by holding your child and you're just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. get fucked. I want to hold my child. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. I was shocked at how like crazy I was with 
withholding her. Like I kind of thought like while I was pregnant, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just like give her to other people. And then when I had her, I was like, nobody's having her. She's mine. I know, right? Yeah, you're like literally so protective. Mm. Um, so you're like, no way, I'm just holding her. Yeah, it was also like I'm such a clean freak. That's definitely a downfall for me. So anytime that someone would come over to visit Gracie, I would just like do a massive clean of the house. And I was like, why did I do that for? Like no one gives a shit, but I cared. So that would I would always be so stressed when someone wanted to come over because I was like, I've got to now get up, do a quick clean and get prepared, like mm. make someone a coffee or do whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I'm the same. Like, I feel like my, my mum stayed with me for a bit. And because I had a C-section, I actually like physically couldn't really do the housework. And I'd get stressed yeah. if people would come over. And I hate asking for things, but I had to be like, mum, do you mind just like vacuuming the house? And I yeah. felt so bad. But yeah, she was like happy to do it. But yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, God, I would have loved that. I didn't have anyone vacuum my house. And now I'm just like, why did I not just call someone up and be like, come over and clean my house? I yeah. knew that they would have, but I just never did that. I should have done it. Because oh, man. And I would love to do that for my friends like I feel like I would love to vacuum their house if that's what they needed of me I know honestly like when our really good friend has just had her second baby and I went over there the other day and uh she didn't she didn't ask me to come over but I just forced myself on her and I was like um I'll just do your dishes or do whatever like or just you have a shower and wash your hair because showering and washing your hair you just feel like a different woman like Mm. you come back and you're like I'm not stinky and dirty and I feel better that's just what you need yeah, and having someone that you know is just going to hold your baby while you shower and you yeah. don't have to, like, listen out for a cry or, like, hear those, like, phantom cries that you hear all the time. Right, like, yeah, coming out of your bathroom, like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did you go feeding Gracie? Did you choose to breastfeed her? Yes, I did. I So I have implants, so I was a bit concerned. I did do a breastfeeding course beforehand because I didn't know – I think there's so much information out there, right? Like I feel like you become pregnant and you ask nobody about advice, but everyone comes at you with their advice and you just get so conflicted. So I was feeling like really conflicted with everyone telling me, oh, you won't be able to do this or don't do this or make sure you give a bottle early or wait till you give a bottle. So I had no idea about when to introduce bottles or what to do with breastfeeding and like, you know, just general stuff so I did a breastfeeding course um with the Australian Breastfeeding Association down in Margaret River and after that course was amazing because I just had information from one source and that was just what I trusted so I breastfed Gracie I my goal was to breastfeed Gracie breastfeed Gracie for a year and I did that and uh it was amazing so we had such an easy breastfeeding journey and you really there's so many complications involved hey like I just thought you know you put them on the boob and they're all good and they know what to do but that is so not the case like we had like a unicorn baby she was amazing she fed straight away I had a really high flow so I feel that I had a few issues there with like gas and learning how to hold her but from everyone that I hear about it's on like minuscule compared to what you can you know when people really want to feed and they can't feed and it's just so sad Mm-hmm. um but yeah no we had we were pretty good we mm-hmm. were we introduced a bottle that was the hardest part for us was introducing a bottle because with the breastfeeding association I did ask when was the best time to introduce a bottle so that she didn't have the confusion or what was the best method because my partner wanted to help too and they said to wait till 12 weeks which when I went to my um I think it was my six or eight week checkup. I can't remember now, but one of them, my other midwife, she's a lactation consultant. So she had said to me, I think you need to do it earlier than that because it might be a struggle. 
And yeah, oh, it was. We tried it eight weeks and I think I tried like nine, ten different teats, every scenario. Like it just didn't work for Gracie. And it started to get that like anxiety of like, I'll never leave the house, like her not taking a bottle. So I was really worried. Um, and there was like one occasion where I had to go to my women's health checkup and um, with my physio. And I went and that appointment ended up being quite long. It was like three hours. And my partner was calling me like, Gracie needs to be fed. And it was so stressful for me. So after that, I was determined to make sure that I got her to feed the bottle. Um, and she did take it in the weirdest scenario, but she took it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, got, we got there. And um, then I kind of just, my partner was always trying to tell me to just relax. She doesn't have to be always breastfed or she doesn't always have to have breast milk. She can have formula. It's not not the worst thing in the world. And I never thought that it was the worst thing in the world. I just had that feeling like if you don't, if you can breastfeed and you decide not to, then I was failing. Like I felt like that for God knows what reason that was, but um, I didn't want to do it. And then so if I ever went out or something, it would always be like I would express and she would have breast milk. But I hated expressing. Like I had, it just felt like, I just felt like a cow. I didn't like it. It's just a, just a weird, it just felt like, it just felt unnatural. I didn't like it. So we did a few bottles of formula and then I just tried to relax. And then every time I went out or did whatever, it was, she would just have formula. I didn't worry mm-hmm. about it. So she was good. So if we ever had a night out, which is not that many, we had a, like five or six weddings or however many. So we had a few nights where she had to have, um, well, had to be babysat. So she, she had formula. So she was a great mixed feed baby. And I don't even know why I ever worry because babies just need food. That's it. They don't care what it is. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I feel the same. I feel like if I have a second, I would take off that pressure of having to pump and to do all that because it's just not the same as having like a little soft baby mouth on your nipple versus (laughs) a big plastic shield. Like it's just (laughs) uncomfortable. You feel like this noise like, "Ah, ah," and you're like, oh, yeah. You're literally like a machine. Yeah. So um, how did you, did she naturally wean at 12 months or did you just decide that was like move her to formula or? So we, she was like at that stage, she, I was really, I was so emotionally attached to breastfeeding. So there was like, I think it was like four or five nights where she didn't want her um, feed before bed. And I was like beside myself because I was like what like this is my favorite time of the day like you know you're just cuddling a baby it's so nice and you go to sleep so she we didn't have like she was just didn't want to do that and I thought this is shit so I decided that that was my time to wean and I had also thought one year was in my head that was my goal and it was like a few days short and we're getting married in November so I had always in my head like I need to, I need my retinol. I need some like, mm, I need yeah. all the like, things. <laughs> again. So I needed like all these things that weren't breastfeeding related. So I needed to get myself back a little bit as well. So yeah, one year for us. So we did that. And then she goes back on to formula and mm. she's like, no, nah, I want that feedback again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once that happens. But yeah, so yeah. she just has formula. Oh, well, she doesn't have formula anymore. We just, we did the transition after Formula was like a few weeks, I think, and then we just transitioned straight to cow's milk. Like, so she has one bottle of cow's milk now a day, which is easy. Yeah, that's so good. Um, did anything come up for you postpartum that you weren't um, aware of or didn't expect? Uh, what did I expect? Um, I don't know. Like, nothing. I I thought that I would have. Like, I was waiting for those. Um, like 
postpartum blues. Like I was really thinking, okay, I'm going to be hit like a truck. And I don't think I really got that. I think the, but now I look back and I think, I think it's not you feeling unwell or you feeling like sad or anything. I think it's just a lot of anxiety. So I think that I did get a lot of anxiety around like things like cleaning my house or doing it all. Like I feel that maybe that I didn't realize like that, that pressure that is always on us. I don't think I expected that. I just thought that, you know, you have a baby and you kind of go back to like normal life. I didn't really realize that you're always thinking like you never stop. I did not prepare myself for that. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that part was really hard to learn to not have to please everybody. So I think that was one thing that really got me. Mm. And it takes ages. Hey, like I still feel like that is me now. Like I'm like, <laughs> it's definitely gets easier, but yeah. I don't know. It's just. Never say no before, and now I'm just like I have to say no. Like just mm. have to say no. Like you can't do it all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, how have you been mentally? Um, you didn't experience like you mentioned anxiety, no depression or anything like that. I think I was really good. There was like um, so my sister and I were really really close, and um, I think I was like day three after having Gracie, my sister who I love her so much. We're so close. We're in the year apart. Um, Gracie's actually got her, Gracie's middle name is her name. Um, so we're very close, but she unfortunately has had three miscarriages in, so she was pregnant with me twice, but unfortunately she didn't, um, those babies, nothing, like she didn't continue with those pregnancies, unfortunately. So it was really hard. So when I had had Gracie, my sister was messaging me and um, I don't know if it was anything that she said, but it just triggered me. Like it hit me like a ton of bricks. She said, oh, I uh, haven't really spoken to you too much and I'm really sorry and I don't know if it's because of um, me being pregnant or me losing the baby. And I thought, oh, my God. And that that was, a, that was I was like cried for like a day or two. Like I was really mm-hmm. upset. That was probably my anxiety there. And then I'm like, okay, I think that was just after having Gracie. Like I handled that situation really well, like really terribly. So I think that was the only time that I felt really upset. But nothing to do with Gracie was just just a shitty time. <laughs> that was yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. Um, what has been most rewarding? Um, oh, definitely like seeing them just grow, like their like personality. Like she is, yeah, she's just so cheeky. It's so nice. <laughs> and just yeah, watching them like. Any every day, like I literally say all the time, this is my favorite stage. Oh, look at her! I reckon I tell my partner, "Look at Gracie." Maybe fucking thousand times a day. (laughs) Sick of it, which is great. But (laughs) look at them; they're so cute. They're just just doesn't matter what you've gone through. They're just always bright in the day, don't they? Yeah, it's so good. Told me one time, and I always tell people like, doesn't matter. Like Gracie's got ear aches at the moment. She's got um, ear infections, and she's really clingy to me, but. You just, they're just your favorite person. They just love you like unconditionally. I think that's the best thing. Like you're always going to have someone in your family that you're their favorite, which is really nice. Yeah. So good. Um, How has your like PCOS journey gone from now? Is it- mm, well, I'm not too sure. Like I actually just put that on a little bit of a, like, cause the thing with PCOS is like, there's no really way you've got to have a certain amount of things that diagnose you into PCOS. Um, But there's no real like, I don't know, they don't really, it's not a full diagnosis. That means like, oh, you've got symptoms that show PCOS or whichever. Um, so I had like the not ovulating, I had um, cysts and then I had, but I didn't have like four of the other ones. So um, now that I'm ovulating, now I had a baby and I'm actually really regular with my period. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gone and like 
I haven't had to go in and be like, I'm having pains or I think I have another cyst or whatever. So I haven't had to worry about it too much. I think once I try to have another baby, that might flare back up or I might have to investigate that more. But I'm just trying to take the approach like I just want to see how it goes because that's what worked with Gracie. So I'm not going to worry about it too much. Sometimes people do say that being pregnant helps it. And I do think that that has happened in my scenario because I, like I said, really regular. I haven't felt uncomfortable um i haven't had like major bloating or severe like cysts so i've been good after pregnancy so they do they do say that so maybe that's my mm. i hope so yeah that next time around if when we do try that we are like successful hopefully yeah that's so good yeah <laughs> um if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice what would it be um my partner would say go to europe <laughs> Just in your life in general. <laughs> what would you do? Nah, um, what would it be? Oh, it would probably just be like, yeah, my advice would be, yeah, just you don't have to do it all. Like, no, I think no one cares. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one cares if your baby's breastfed or if they're bottle fed, but in your head you think that they care. No one cares if your baby doesn't sleep. No one cares, really. They're asking you these questions because they don't know what to ask. I don't think they actually have any, like, malice or anything behind what they're asking. Like, you know, if someone says, oh, is she a good sleeper? I don't think that they're asking that to, like, compare you, whereas Mm -hmm. I always do that. Like, stop comparing. I think that's what mine is. (laughs) Yeah, I think one of the sleep things, because I feel like that's what I asked all the time before I had a baby and didn't realise because I just was, that was my biggest worry. I'm like, I love sleep. How am I going to be a mum? And so then I just want to know from everyone, like, how's the sleep? And now I'm just like, why did I even ask that question? (laughs) Don't ever ask that question. (laughs) No one's ever asked me how's my sleep going. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, no, they asked me that quite a lot, probably because I have eye bags, but who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but yeah I think that would be it just yeah you can't do it all just don't worry what other people think I think that's the main thing just listen just do what you're going to do like honestly and you can read as many sleep bloody guides or you can read as many things and you can try as many things and you people tell you don't cuddle your baby too much because they'll be too loved and they'll never go away from you or whatever that's <laughs> proper shit like seriously that's what I want I don't want my baby to ever leave me <laughs> I honestly want my baby to leave me forever like I'm yeah. that one mum with it and like, take them out like that's not gonna happen she's gonna hate me. <laughs> yeah. but yes yes I think you just uh, back in the old days try and be a mum like back in the old days like before phones I think that's the thing hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Amber. This has been amazing. I feel like everyone's going to get so much out of our chat. So thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Amy. It was so nice. Thank you so much for listening. If anyone came to mind while listening to this chat, please make sure you share it and spread the love. I love chatting with Amber and hearing about her water birth. I'd love to be able to experience one one day. Um, If you'd like to share your postpartum experience, please reach out and let me know. You can contact me on Instagram at The Post Party Project or send me an email with your story to thepostpartyproject at gmail.com. Thank you.